This is Miles Tales, and you're listening to Everybody Screwed Up. Yesterday, I was able to speak with Cody Bruning, aka the Wookiee Warrior. You might have met Wookiee in League of Legends as he dominates the top lane with an aggressive playstyle. We got to, we sat down and we got deep into League of Legends. What different terminology means, what the rules are, different playstyles, and then we got into another game by the same developer called Valorant. It seems to be, I think it's safe to say that it's modeled after uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, but the style is just so wildly different that if you haven't heard of it, I think you should look it up and definitely give it a try. Um, it hasn't officially released yet. I think it comes out in a couple of months, but when it does, I think it's going to be a pretty popular game. It's already a lot of hype surrounding it. You can see videos of the closed beta online. And... Uh, but you know what? I'm going to leave it there. Um, I won't take up any more of your time. Let's get right into the show. Just remember, if everybody's screwed up, nobody is. Enjoy. We are live. Cody, welcome. Hey. <laughs> Everybody screwed up. Uh, my name is Miles Tails. You can call me Miles. And uh, yeah, man, I, this is just a podcast where I'll just talk to anybody who wants to who wants to chat with me. You know, who wants to share their story. Yeah. So, so what? Um, so, like, I think we met yesterday. No, we. I don't think yeah. I know. We met yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we we met met yesterday, and I talked about. Um, a league I was in that does tournaments sort of similar to professional style, but more for the community to get a taste of it, you know? Okay, cool. And uh, I, was, I was also planning on talking a little bit about Valorant because I've had eight years now in CSGO. So I, I figure it'd be a nice one to also talk about. All right, yeah, most definitely. Um so I guess we can get started with the tournament, or we'll no, you know, no, not with the tournament. We'll get to the tournament. We'll start with League of Legends. How yeah. long have you been playing League of Legends? Oof, I I started it when I was I think eight, and it's been twelve years now. Yeah, I I got introduced to it by a friend of mine saying that he knew I loved games and that I loved strategy games specifically. And at the time, it was a type of team-building game. So he was sort of looking for members to join him and just play with him. And he's like, get into this, I'm sure you'll love it. Uh, I played it for about a year or two, and I was honestly disappointed by it at first. Mm -hmm. And I stopped playing. Then I came back in to when the NAR logo was uh, login was coming out, so it was NAR breaking out of his ice, and I've been oh, yeah, I think I playing, and I've been playing it ever since. Like I don't know what it was about that period, but I just fell in love with everything again. So you've been so you said you've been playing for two years, right? Um, now at this point, it's been close to eight years of actual eight playing years. time. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. That was my fault. You, you did say eight years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, um, it... Go, go, hang on. I just want to step back for, for a second. Just okay. how would you explain League of Legends? So League of Legends to me has a makings of both a strategy game and a psychological game. It's strategy based upon your teammates and playing around the objectives with your your team. You're moving in, trying to secure them, getting rid of vision, and overall trying to figure out what's the best play that I can do at this moment. But it's psychological because you're trying to trick the opponent into thinking that you're not going to do it or you're not mm-hmm. going to you know, make the move. So you're always trying to outplay each other. Right. Um, yesterday when I was watching uh, Kit play, it was uh, it, it seems like or even when I went to the uh, the tournaments and everything, every time I see this game, it just reminds me of one gigantic game of chess. Yeah, it, and honestly, that that's what it feels like. Is you're always trying to outmaneuver, always trying to be one step ahead, and whoever has that lead advantage, whether it be you know in getting a solo kill or getting first tower, they tend to have the advantage. But it can always be countered by just getting a kill on the other side of the map, or you know taking another tower. Dragon for Rift is one example that I think everyone has in their head is, if they go for Dragon, let's go for Rift. If they go for Rift, let's go for Dragon. Very simple moves. Okay. So now that's when you start. Um, I'm going to see if I can... Uh, I don't really know too much about the games, but I kind of want to try to explain as much as I know. Um so, or I try to understand as much of it as I can. So when you say, so when you go for a dragon, the dragon are the uh, the giant serpents that pop out of the ground and then you beat them and the entire team gets bonuses, right? So, yeah, the dragons are on the right bottom side of the map. And uh, we, we tend to say when we're going for dragon that we want the bottom lane advantage. Uh, having an advantage means that you're not only pushing in the wave, but you already have like wards ready in there. Whoa, okay, uh, okay. Um, and then wards are the spells, or no, wards are items, right? That you choose so, that give you certain yeah, advantages. So- so wards are what allows you to get either sight or to clear other wards. Um, there's like the pink ward, which can see other wards, see enemy champs that can go invisible. Um, there's the red trinket that I know of, which will spot out wards. And then there's the regular ward, which is yellow, which is just giving you a line of sight in that area. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's the uh, green one then, right? Uh, it used to be the green one, yeah. They they changed it to where you can't buy them. You automatically get them, but only after a certain amount of time. That's actually pretty cool. It, you don't have yeah. to depend on resource yeah. management to get vision. You still have to buy the pink wards or the control wards, as they're called now. Mm-hmm. And then... um. So, 
all right, so when you go for dragon, you want the bottom lane advantage. Yeah. And you want to place one sound so you can see as much of the area as you yeah. can. Yeah. And it's similar so, to uh, Riptail, it's the similar process, pretty much, of having so, a top lane advantage. Okay, so Rift is the top lane advantage. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then there's also a middle lane. Uh, yeah. There's three lanes, top, middle, and lower. Yeah. And you have advantage of any of those lanes. It's an extremely good thing for your entire team, right? Yes. Um, so... For example, I'll go from my experience as a top laner. Um, I play a very aggressive style. So when I'm heavily winning and I'm heavily pushing in, it means that the jungler on the enemy team has to put in every resource or at least try to do something to try to counteract the fact that I am devastating or I'm winning. But if I lose because of that aggressive style, it's always like, uh, it's pretty much a double cross sword for me at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it almost sounds similar to being like a, a glass cannon, like you're very powerful, but if yeah. you, uh, but you're very powerful and people want you there, but if somebody yeah. takes you out, so then it brings a heavy disadvantage, yeah. Um, I and What's funny, though, is I can get away with that, mainly because I've, I've been jungling um, for about four years out of the eight years I played League. So mm -hmm. I actually have an advantage of knowing jungle paths and knowing where they're going to try to move when they're ganking. So I'm normally a step ahead of like the time my opponents are going to come up top. So I'm okay. usually prepared before they even come, which allows me to play the aggressive style. All right. So just to explain a little bit, when you have so you have three lanes, you have your your top, your middle, and your lower. The jungle is the areas in between the lanes, um, yeah. and a jungler is someone who specifically plays in the jungle. And yeah. uh, a jungler's job is usually to like maintain the middle, maybe even let the rest of the team know when there are certain bonuses popping up in the jungle, right? Yeah. Um, also to gank, which means to take over a lane from the other team. Well, not exactly. Ganking is more of trying to help assist that lane in whatever okay. it is they're trying to do. So ganking doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, going in, getting the kill. It can be getting, say, the flash, which is where they had to um, try to get away with you. A flash is pretty much a summoner spell that mm -hmm. allows you to instantly get away from someone pretty far, of pretty far distance. But using it is a really big like issue for people. Um, what do you mean? So your flash is your lifeline most of the time in games. And if you have to use it early, you're going to be severely behind the other opponent if they have the flash up. So when your flash is down, it means you can get killed more easily. And you, you can't actually be aggressive or putting in pressure. You sort of normally have to like stall out your lane, wait for your jungler, and at that point, 
they will get an advantage by being able to maneuver around the map easily. That is, that is, this seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so, for, for, um, I'll, I'll give an example is, um, say the enemy ADC used the flash before a team fight. During the team fight, if they get targeted without any support from the team, they can easily be killed and taken out. And if your ADC, um, so for people who are watching, an ADC is your attack damage carry. It's the person trying to do as much damage from the back line without getting caught. As you can see, that's why having flash up is so important for at least the ADC. But it can be said that the same thing can be said for every other lane as well. Which is why Flash is actually one of the most important summoner spells that people want to get rid of straight away. Uh, they want to get they want to get rid of it. For like the enemy team or your team, you're trying to get rid of your opponent's uh, Flash as oh, soon as okay, possible. Oh, okay, okay, You want to force them to use it as soon as possible. Yeah, I got that you. way okay, okay. you can just keep fighting them without them having it. Mm-hmm. Um. Another another similar spell that's sort of uh, similar in like survivability would be cleanse because it can eliminate a form of um, stun on your character and oh. it, yeah there's honestly a lot of things when so when you're playing the game there doesn't seem to be a lot. But when it comes down to it, there's a lot of um, micromanaging you have to do during the game. Yeah, um, it's definitely a game that is easy to pick up, but it is hard to master. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that you've been like this game has been out for for ten years. Has yeah. it been ten years? It's been uh, out for ten years. When you uh, has it been longer or shorter? I, I think it's been a little bit longer, but I, I I don't think it's been too too long now. Okay, but it's been out for a long time. But when so when you just start playing, like someone like me, if I was to uh, load up League yeah. of Legends right now, I'd be playing with a bunch of people who have already mastered it. <laughs> well, um, not technically because so when a player first starts the game. Uh, they start with a certain level, like they'll be level 1, and they'll be, you know, leveling up to level 30. During that period, you get to play either bots or normals to try to practice. And normally okay. normals, if you're like level, say, 4, level 5, you tend to be placed with people your same level. Um, however... It does take into consideration of, like, your winning streak. And so we'll tend to try to get players who have that same type of winning streak. So uh, if you do better than what a level 5 normally does, uh, normally you can get people who uh, have played quite a bit. But at that point, it's also known that... There's a good chance you're what we like to call in league um, smurfing, which is trying to level up a low level account from level one to thirty. Oh wow! 
<laughs> they have a name yeah. for it. And Small Fiend is not just that. It's uh, leveling up from level 1 to 30 and then ranking up from whatever your previous rank was to a higher rank. Um, so say if you're Diamond 1, you're trying to get to the next tier, which I believe is uh, Masters. After that. that, that makes so much sense. There are different tiers to it, um, to yeah. your skill level. Um, and one thing that is actually known is that the so in League of Legends, there's a thing actually for your ranking skill. It's called MMR, and your MMR actually does get affected throughout all the years you've played and ranked. So by smurfing, you're technically getting rid of that MMR and starting afresh. And so your current skill level may not actually be the skill level Uzziah was and may even be higher than it could be. Oh, yeah, because well, according to the game, though, right? And that's just because you're an experienced player. Um, are you starting with a new with a new account or a new player? The reason why is because over the years of playing, your MMR actually does at one point get messed up. So, for me, um, during season ten, I had reached plat four. However, because of the other seasons, it would still count me around gold three, gold two, because I had like a strange fluctuation during that period. You see? But by okay. starting new, what it's saying is, oh, this guy's a new player, we'll start him fresh, and as he progresses, we'll see what MMR he should be placed in. So if he does really good, we'll have him higher. If he does really bad, he'll be lower. So, wow. Okay. So your MMR is basically your overall is your overall is everything that you've done, right? It yeah. Calculates it, everything that you've done. Yeah. And if you have a bad season or two, then your MMR can be lowered, and um, yeah, which isn't what you want. So that's why you would start a new character to get your yes. MMR back up. Okay. That, that's why a lot of people once they reach a certain high rank, they'll start smurfing to see. Is this my actual skill level, or can I go higher than what I am? Especially if they've been stuck for a few years or so. All right, so I can see how smurfing is useful, um, especially especially if you want to know, okay, how good am I really? Yeah. Um, like this says that I'm pretty good, but I really did have a, a bad, you know, few weeks there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see what my numbers are really at. Okay. Um, and, and well, a lot of people don't like people who smurf, mainly because they say it ruins games or whatnot, but honestly, it's not too big of an issue because as soon as they win a number of times, they're going to be at either their rank or higher if they're good enough. Like, um, Grandmasters? Uh, within maybe a week or two of playing in a Smurf account, 
they can get the rank easily from gold one to diamond during that two weeks. Especially if they're putting it all into every game. How long does it usually take to go from gold to diamond? Or from um, diamond to masters? So for me, I know that I took an entire season, which I think is about about four or five months to get from silver one all the way to plat four. And that's jumping two ranks. So, so for me, it would take a few months, and in that same time, they can probably do it in about two weeks to a month, easily. Some, some of them do it in like four days. Four days? Yes, some can easily get the rank high enough. It's because they have, you know, they know the advantages of, um, of doing different things in lanes that can gain them the advantage so they can make use of an opponent's mistakes. So you're talking about people who are smurfers. Uh, do you yeah. call them smurfers? But you're talking about people who are smurfing then. Okay. Yeah. You're not talking about, but, you're but not talking like, about people who just started playing yeah, um, no. yesterday. Like for my own experience, I took maybe four months to jump the same two ranks, uh, which was from Civil 1 all the way to Plat 4. And by that time, I was practicing every day as well. So I sort of was just working really hard to get to it. Um, it, It's definitely difficult. And the people who get to those ranks are always working the hardest. Yeah, you know, it's kind of... (laughs) It's kind of hard to think that you really have to work hard at this in order to get up high enough. But then when you like, it also ma- but it does start to make sense when you think about the fact that um, that this is a multi-million dollar industry. Just this one game is its own yeah. industry, its own stadiums, uniforms, teams, um, investors. Like, of course, you would want to work hard at it in order to be good at it. And I don't know if this is what you're going for, but I, I bet there are a lot of people who want to play at those professional levels yeah um i and i know a lot of i i also know a lot of people will sort of compare you know the gaming industry to uh um professional sports and go they're not working now they're not doing this or that how can you say they're actually you know exercising or working but you don't know the psychological side because yeah, there's a lot it's... of mind games and there's a reason why a lot of gamers actually retire earlier careers than football players. Like football players can go on 50, 60 years if, if they're training well, um, but some like professional gamers have retired as early as 27, 28 because of just what's been going on in the head yeah well uh football players i want to say football players can probably go well most of them probably go 10 years um and then i want to say the special ones will go 15 years um but you say 20 so that's why you see a lot of football players retiring at about 35 i want to say i'm not really an expert but i think about 35 but it's a, it's, there's a big difference in like the time between gamers and um, 
professional uh, sports players oh, yeah, only yeah. because there's a mental difference in how they're doing it. Um, a lot of, like, uh, say, for instance, StarCraft, I am... I probably will never play it, but I've noticed in a lot of games, there's um, what we call is called micromanaging, and that's handling everything at the like minimum uh, distance. So you're you're managing how troops are moving, you're managing your skills and everything like that. And when you have all that going on in your head, uh, a lot of the time it can uh, cause issues uh, in just how you're thinking and how your your brain has to overwork itself. Yeah, yeah. It gets to a point where you're thinking about StarCraft or in this case, you're thinking about League of Legends all the time. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so being someone who has participated, who has gotten good enough to, to participate in tournaments, how has it affected your personal life? Um, so I started uh, CEO just at the end, uh, near the end of my high school year. So I was in senior and um, that that's the league I'm in called Seal, which is casual esports amateur league. Mm-hmm. And um, the first ever season I did with it was its beta season, so it was season zero, pretty much. <laughs> and it was I think four divisions that had six teams each. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wow. think I would. So I ended up having a schedule where I would go to school and during that school period, I would try to finish all my homework in classes before I even did anything. And um, and then when I got home, I think I would spend maybe four or five hours practicing with my teammates before Ooh. I was even satisfied. And this was in a school life, so I would get out of school, come home around 3 p.m., do that until 8 p.m., then have to go to sleep. And in that period, I would not even try to focus on any homework. I would just focus on the game. And it, it definitely ended up affecting some of my grades, but I ended up keeping a pretty even uh, amount throughout. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the one it was, the one that was most affected, I had already known I had all my years of, so I was like, good to just forget about it. Right, um, right. And so it, it was mainly that part of my homework that I would just, I wouldn't even care about. I would just say, you know what, I'm probably not even gonna need it. I'm just gonna focus on this, and it. it, it it was one of those moments where, at the time, I was trying to decide on, am I going to be focusing on school, or do I want to focus on a career life in this decision? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was saying, I want to be a gamer. I want to be a professional player on you know, a big stage. 
And so I just put right. everything in it. And actually, that season zero, I think my team came... We didn't have a good performance, but we definitely beat out two of the big teams in our division. And oh, wow. these, and we we pretty much caused them to lose a game, which I believe caused one of them to have to go to a tiebreaker, and they actually lost that tiebreaker, so the other team could participate in. <laughs> nice. Um, wow. So you got you got good enough to take out like people who are. Like who had more yeah. resources? Well, <laughs> at the time, that that was when I had reached plat, and um, at the time, we were uh, when we scrimmed, we'd find people who were like diamond three and or higher to like scrim against, and of course we got our asses kicked, but it it was good experience yeah. like at the high level, and. Uh, just to just to explain, a scrim is a scrimmage. So just yeah. a, um, it's like a game. It's just a fun game. Like there's no there's no uh, stake in it. There, there's no stake in it, but everyone sort of takes it seriously because you're you're <laughs> focusing on the tournament. So when you're scrimming, you're trying to test different things and trying to focus on strategies that work for you. And I think we'd have a scrim like every other two, three days. So it, it was always like busy during that period. Um, but of course, after that and after I graduated, I, I actually did have sort of like that mental burnout of league. And so for uh, uh, one of the seasons, I actually just had to drop out because I just I wasn't feeling good. We were moving. It, it was just not a good time to even try it. So I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll sort of wait, see how it goes. And then the season after that, which was season two, I joined up again with a group of friends. And and that also caused a burnout, but it was a different type, which was uh, one of the guys in the group got... He got a really big ego near the end because he was the team captain and taking all sorts of this. And a lot of the times they were infighting in between the teammates and the captain. And at one point, everyone just looked at like pretty much looked at me and was like, "You need to take the role now," and just and just yeah. call it. I'm just like. I mean, I'll see what they say, but I don't know. Because um, in SEAL, they actually do have a thing called the Tribunal, which are five guys who do, do all the work in the community and like sort of set up the matches, the streams, the scheduling. And uh, um, they also like take up all the issues, see what's happening. Like if someone's caught trying to break a rule, they, you know, go after it, and they're quite successful too. Wait, <laughs> okay, hang on. There's a hierarchy in the League of Legends community. So in Seal, there's a thing called the Tribunal, which you can think of them sort of as, um, as like uh, judges or, um, or if you ever seen a Le- uh, like a League of Legends tournament on YouTube and you see the people like behind them who are like watching, 
the those yeah. type of people are sort of like watching um for different things. Like in CSGO, those people are watching to see if there's anything suspicious going on on the monitors, and uh, they'll try to catch it. Uh, it's sort of the, yeah. what the tribunal tries to do, and uh, uh, actually during this season, I know they've had them uh, pretty much kick out a team because it was ca- caught that they were trying to cheat showing uh, it. No, see, there was a, um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I was at the tournament last year, um, there was, they actually stopped the game. One of the people walking behind the players actually stopped the game because they spotted a bug. Yeah. And, um, like they had to, to stop, they had to spot, they spotted the bug and they had to, to go into the code and like recode that issue or something like find the issue and delete it or something like that. And I was like, holy crap. I didn't like just watching it on the big screen. <clears throat> Yeah. Like, I did not know what they were talking about. Like, they just stopped the game. They put it on hold. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, what's going on? And somebody told me, oh, they found a bug. I was like, whoa. Like, they have really good eyes. They have to know everything about that game before they can uh, before they can attempt to be a referee like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think during the entire season, they've actually gotten – four or five people from actually, you know, trying to do, uh, do it. Um, one of the things they have is uh, they try to make sure everyone's ranks is, like, what they should be. Um, so they ha- want to have your profile, which is uh, easy to see, actually. Um, so there's a site called op.gg. And it actually has your profile of whatever um, username you're using on League of Legends in a ranking system with other people. And you can actually see your rank, what your previous season rank was. And you can have alternate um, accounts and actually use op.gg to see every single one of them if you want to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So... If I were to log on there and look at my account, it would be all the way at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you can just type in your name directly and you'll get directly to your account. Um, but some people... So one of the things the CEO does is it says uh, when you're making your account and you're making you know, your ranking and everything, it will ask for your main account, op.dg, and then the alternate ones if you're using a smallest. And a lot of people try to hide the main ones in the Smurf, and they get caught because of that. And uh, and uh, on Seal, because of how important it is to try to keep, you know, the community and like actually talk about it, that's actually bannable there, because they want you to be fair against the other players. Because now there's even prizes being given. Yeah, um, I guess you kind of want to you want to be you'd want to be honest. Number one, like you said, keep it fun for everybody. But number two, if you're good enough, then you know they'll then they'll be able to see that you're good enough to be there. Yeah, put you where. And um, and uh, another reason why is because now um in. At first, during season zero, which was the first time they did it, 
they didn't uh, make anyone pay. And then season one, because they needed money for the site to keep going, they asked everyone, could you just send like $10 when you sign up? If you sign up, you can choose if you don't or not. But if you want to keep it going with us and you want to, you know, have this going on with you, uh, is this going to be $10? And a lot of people agreed because it was that much fun. But near the end of season one, they were like, actually, we've gotten enough. We can actually give out prizes like maybe T-shirts now. So season season two came out, same $10. But at the end of it, if you were the first team, you actually got T-shirts of your team and your names, like set, sort of like how it is in Pro League. (laughs) So, So you guys got uniforms and stuff? Uh, so, if you won the season, they'd actually take the time to get, like, a custom-made shirt with, like, a uniform, pretty much. Oh, that's badass, man. Which, which was, honestly, for everyone to participate in, they were, like, this was actually the most awesome prize because you yeah. could feel part of a team. Yeah, that's actually and, really badass. I, and, were they, did you get to customize them? Uh... You you uh you pretty much had your team logo on it and then like your name on the back of it if you want. That's really cool. Oh, that's um, so cool. I, I I saw the I saw the official like I I can imagine how they look. Like I saw the or yeah. I can't imagine. Sorry, but they uh I saw the official uniforms uh at the at the League of Legends arena in yeah. LA. Yeah. Really nice. They are really nice. It's not just so, a t-shirt. So, like, seeing that type of detail, a lot of, we, I think we increased it from four divisions, and in about, I think it's been now a year within it, we not only have six divisions, but in each division, there's about eight or nine teams that are always playing. Wow. So, wow. It, it, so it grew really quickly in a, a, a year. So how does okay? I know you said that you wanted to talk about Counter Strike, and then you wanted to talk about what is the other game called? Oh, so I wanted to talk about Seal, and then I want to talk about Valorant and how it compares to Counter Strike. Okay, uh, I um, played Counter Strike for eight years, so I sort of have better knowledge. Okay, all right. Um, well, I want to get to that in just a second. Um, I uh, but I want to know is. How does a person go about starting a team on League of Legends? So, um, so in Seal, how I actually got introduced in it is I was watching a YouTuber and he was making a Clash team at the time. And he said, if you want in on it, just message me on my Discord and it's this. And I'm just like... And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try it and see how it goes. Uh, I did it. And then on his Discord, he had mentioned the actual tournament thing because it was something new. And he said, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, uh, this is going to be coming up. Does anyone want to make teams in it? And uh, I was at the time playing with another group of people who were also in the Discord, and we were just looking at each other and was like, oh, wait, do we actually want to do this together? 
And so we were like, okay, let's just see how it goes. And I think in about maybe a month or two before the actual thing started, we would practice every single day before it even started. Wow. So to know, like, to just get to know each other and to, like, know the experience. But, like, some of them that were actually in SEAL had been doing it even longer. Like, they've been doing it for years. It's, it's all about just working with people who you know, who you trust, and who are pretty much, like, willing to, like, work with you on stuff. Because, <laughs> um... Uh, what happened in my season two was one of the players just had too much workload on them, which was why mm-hmm. that he had that sort of experience, and it sort of like ruined the team synergy at the time. So you really want to like spit up the work. You want to make sure everyone's trying to, you know, do something to improve themselves so that you don't just, you know, go overboard on your own workload. And so, uh, and so basically, so to start your very basic team, you don't need any money. You just need the game, which is free. Yeah. And you need friends who are into playing the game. Yeah, and who you... you, you, you it, it, it's definitely like friends that you've known for a while, or even if it's like a random people, if you guys get along really nicely, that can be a really nice team. It's just all about of seeing how do you fit in with other people who you're playing with, really? It, it's a little weird to... It, it, okay, so I'm 30, so I've been... And I've yeah. been playing video games since, like, the 90s or whatever, you know? And, um, yeah. So it's, it, it makes complete sense for this type of game that you want to be with people that you know and that you trust. Yeah. But it's just weird. <laughs> it's just kind of weird to hear that you want to play this game with people that you know and trust <laughs> um, it, specifically, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say um, uh, sometimes it's not the people who you uh, know that well that you get along with. Sometimes it can be complete strangers because that was what my first team was, was we were complete strangers with each other, but we synchronized so well within the first yeah. two weeks. See, and that's just the point of it, though, and that's why you want to know, like, that's why sometimes you want to play with people you know, so that you kind of, uh, you don't have to think about what they're doing. Like, if you're in the top lane, you don't have to think about what the mid laner is doing. You don't have to think about what the jungler is doing. Um, You you want to be able to focus on your stats and managing your character, your player, your game, and know that everybody else is doing, you just want to assume that everybody else is doing their job, too. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's why a lot of people who have um, siblings, like for instance, uh, I have a younger brother who plays League. Whenever I'm mm-hmm. playing, it's either me in mid or top with him in jungle, or me as an ADC and him as support because we just, you know, we know how we work. So we're always mm-hmm. like making moves together. And I have one such example where I flashed to the left and uh, to get away from an opponent. And he, as soon as I did, he queued in the direction of where I did it and caught the opponent off guard by being incredibly quick because you don't normally have that type of speed in reactions. 
but so, like, yeah, it's really eh. that's the kind of stuff that seems pretty cool and like that's like the the thing about um about gaming in general is like you, you yeah you have these experiences that you can now talk to the people talk to other people about and i'm not sure if this was said yesterday or whatever i think it was said yesterday um but yeah like that's what it's that's what this is all about bringing people together um yeah. whether you live together or not and just giving them experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have had um you know in this uh in this digital world and i think that stuff is really cool like that is a really cool story like you flashed out the way and your brother was there behind him <laughs> just at the right yeah. moment to take him up well he wasn't even behind he was under our tower and he's a sledge so he has a hook and he and he hooked in the vicinity where I had flashed because he understood that the moment I did it, I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, a, a, a lot of the times, uh, I've I've noticed this, especially in professional league. It's the people who have been together for like four or five years who've been playing that have the mm-hmm. most synergy. Um. One one really great example, Prey and Gorilla. They've been on like they when they were in the league of uh, LCK, which is um, professional League of Legends in Korea. They were the best duo bot lanes because they've been on the same team for about four or five years. Wow. So they, wow. Yeah. All those hours together, they already know what they're going to do. They don't even have to yeah. talk to each other during a game. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, um, I remember one where uh, Gorilla was uh, Tom Kench and Prey was Callista. And he ulted in and was out. You can see it, that there was no communication. They just went in and pretty much killed the entire enemy team. By themselves, just by knowing what they like, just have them in that level of trust. Wow, that's actually kind of that's actually pretty crazy to think about. Like, it was basically two on five, is what it sounds like. Yeah, it, and uh, it, it was just it, it was an amazing time for Korea Korea players. You'd probably see that type of synergy. I think I think uh, that game and also the uh, SKT versus uh, uh, Cloud Nine at MSI have been probably the best games to see lately. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. <laughs> All right, you're getting into the getting into the woods with the team names and the players and everything. For me, yeah. anyway, I'm pretty sure that somebody's gonna listen to this and be like, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. And I'm just like, I don't yeah. know, I'm really fucking cool. Um, but I'm... I do know, I would say one thing: go TSM. That's it. Go Team Solomid. That's all I gotta say. That's all I know. I I I, I would say this. <laughs> I I am a Cloud9 fan, so I do not agree. <laughs> uh... Dude, you're gonna have to like if you if you can, you're gonna have to come out to LA and go to more well, if they ever have those tournaments again, but you're gonna have to come out and go to the uh to the arena during the season. I, I want to. I really want to. I'm hoping that when my birthday comes this year, if it does allow it, I hope just one nearby. Oh uh, 
I would love doing that. It's a good experience. And at least here, the hot dogs are phenomenal. Like, <laughs> you get a hot dog, they put a bunch of stuff on there. It's great. <laughs> Try out the cheese um, torch here. <laughs> so, okay, so Counter Strike Go, right? Um, yeah. Now, this, yeah. this, is this the count version of Counter Strike that's more like uh, Fortnite? Uh, no. Well, now it is. But it, it was. Uh, so, Counter Strike Global Offensive, which is the full name. Um, it was a FPS shooter after Valve's uh, CS 1.6 that, uh, that a lot of um, players from either the old franchise or uh, the new one, uh, which was uh, the old one was Counter Source, the newer one was CS 1.6 at the time, were getting into. Um, I got into it, uh, actually from my brother who was playing it at the time and he knew I loved shooting games and he pretty much said, Hey, try this out. You'll probably be really great at it. And I think in my first few games, I was, I was honestly doing really well. Like I always had, uh, 16 kills or 20 kills near the end of the games. Really? Yeah, I, I I was when I first started out, I was doing really well because I had come off of uh, Modern Warfare and um, those type of games. And while it was slower, I still had the reaction times from them. So, right. well, now you're just showing off. <laughs> but um, yeah. so those are those those are actually really good numbers to pick up a game for the first time, especially when yeah. I'm comparing it. I mean, I only have my own experience, but comparing it to myself when I play those games, it's like zero and twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I I started it really young actually. Um, I I started it when I was actually twelve, and I had to get my father to actually you know get the game because you couldn't get it <laughs> yeah. without being eighteen plus because mm-hmm. technically there was blood. I was like, can you just get it, please? Because I can I, kill you. you can. Thank Hillary Clinton for that. <laughs> but he, he, but yeah, he got me it, and I got into it at a really young age, and I just started fucking going at it, and uh, and I sort of stopped playing it when I I was a sophomore in high school, so I think that was when I was like sixteen, just because I just wanted a break. I had reached a pretty nice ranking and I'm just like I just wanted a break and then I got back into it and realized I should have taken the break because <laughs> <laughs> my, my skill level dropped and, Perhaps, I, yeah. and I went into like a silver I think and I stayed silver all, all the rest of the time um, but then I saw that League of Legends announced Vatimate, and I looked at it, I was just like, I already know I'm going to love this game. Um, because it, it... It it was mainly because I I saw, like, the bits of CSGO, but then I also saw League of Legends with, you know, the abilities and some of the characters. 
a lot of people call it like CSGO mixed with Overwatch, which honestly is true, but it's it's still really fun to have that type of mix. So it's called Battle Battle Battlement? Uh it's called Valorant. Oh Valorant, okay. V V A L O R A N T. Okay, I'm actually pulling it up right now so I can watch a few clips while you talk about it. I'd never heard of it until yesterday, actually. Yeah. I think you uh, talked about it a little bit um, yesterday, yeah. but I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't so, know this was... Um, a lot of people, when it was first coming out and it was first uh, getting attention, a lot of people were saying, this is going to kill CSGO, this is going to kill CSGO. Because people have known that CSGO was actually beginning to drop off a bit in popularity. Um, mainly mm-hmm. because Valve didn't do a lot of updating. Uh, they felt like they could get away without updating, mainly because they didn't have a challenger. Um, three days within Valorant came out, uh, there was a patch immediately after that fixing an like issues that range from like six years back. Really? When when wow. I saw that, I laughed so fucking hard because I'm just like, so now you fix this. They got cocky. They're like, we're the only ones in the game. We don't have to fix shit. And then the and then Ryan was like, oh really? And just and just pretty much came out with this and. I think Val pretty much shat themselves. They were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what ended up happening was as Vatiman gained popularity, CSGO gained back popularity. And it was actually getting more and more people playing it, actually. Um, wow, okay. So the competition brought more people into it than yeah. expected. Yeah. And, and and that that's something that tends to happen a lot, you know, uh, competition between video games making them better, like Halo mm-hmm. and and Call of Duty. Those two have been long term rivals, and every game is amazing that they made out one after the other from uh to like pretty much combat the other. Same right. with, it's pretty much the same with like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, mm-hmm. as card games like rivals, but they make one each other better. <laughs> you didn't mention Magic. Magic is still, you know, the only one that pe- when people say it, they already know that the Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, I can actually <laughs> name off Hall of Famers I know from Magic, whereas if you ask me who a Hall of Famer is in Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Yugi? <laughs> no, like an actual um, player. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, 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 like, I'd be my response. I would just be like, uh, Yugi? Uh, yeah. Kaiba? <laughs> it's like, um, go on. Uh, and another reason I think you also brought in a lot of attention was um, in CSGO, there was a player named uh, Brax who, because of a match-fixing uh, scandal that happened, he couldn't play any, like, 
official official tournaments in CSGO. And the first thing that happened when Valorant came out was SKT, which is a team from League of Legends and from Korea, uh, picked him up, which everyone was so excited about because he was a young prodigy who they wanted to see rise again. So when he got into it and other professional players like um, uh, Shroud, Hiko, Skadoodle, just to name the few I know, uh, a lot of people were just looking at Vadiman like that it was just going to be one of the next best shooting games of all time next to CSGO that's in its own type of category with CSGO now. And a lot yeah. of people are thinking it's going to be better because it's one of the few games that might have uh, competitions all around the world, mainly because uh, when CSGO came out, uh, it came out later in like Asia, like Asia countries, so like uh, China, mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually didn't get CSGO as early as people from North America and Europe. And so there was a big difference in it, sort of similar to how League of Legends happened. Um, but then um, uh, when Valorant came out, Riot already had a big like stock market in China and in like Korea. So uh, they were really? a so they were able to just have a bigger spread of influence. Is it because Valorant and um, League of Legends aren't, they aren't super realistic games? I'm watching Valorant and it yeah, looks like this it, dude is bows it, and arrows The reason the why is because CSGO has an age limit, and because yeah. of the age limit, like in China, uh, they actually sort of they kept their stuff to a minimum. Um, but yeah. because Valorant is more cartoony, it doesn't actually really have blood. Uh, you can um, easily get away with saying it's PG and ha- and have a younger audience, and so it can go around the globe. It's uh, I'm not gonna lie, this game looks really fun. Is it uh, is it free? Just like um, just like yeah. League of Legends? Did they so, release it for? Okay. So it's free, but it's not out of its closed beta yet. Okay. And so um. The way you can get it is when you go on Twitch, you can find streams of people playing Valorant. And if it says uh, it has a key drop, you pretty much open the stream and you can just watch them at like bare minimum uh, volume for them. And if you have it linked to your League of Legends account, mm-hmm. uh, you have a chance of getting the key at random. And uh, the only thing that you need to do is you can only have one stream opened and it can't be muted. That's all there is to it. As long as it has, like, the key drop. You, so you basically, you get the key, like, you get the key, and then in order to play it, they want you to stream your gameplay? No. So uh, in order to get the key, you watch others who are streaming it, but after you get the key, you're good to go. You just have to install it, oh. and then uh, there's an install, and then you have to restart your computer and update it again because it actually has a thing 
that will make sure that you don't use any like hacking devices. Right, right. When you ever you're playing, and a lot of people call it intrusive, but in my opinion, um, you'd rather have it be intrusive in order to get the people who do hack, rather than you know having the hackers get away. Yeah, I can see what I, I can see what there's like that. So the uh, so these guys are they're they're looking for hack. They're looking onto your computer for hacking software, and I get and I understand why yeah. you want to do that. You're also letting people into your computer, which is why yeah. somebody wants something like that. But uh, honestly, I haven't had any issues because they're only checking for the devices of okay. cheating. Yeah. They're not, you know, going directly into your history or whatever. Right, right. But yeah, no, I, I understand completely. I understand completely. Um, uh, this is. So this game is supposed to be the game that kills Counter Strike, and a lot of people have tr- were trying to say that at first, but now people have realized, oh wait, Counter Strike's trying to get his shit together because of it. Maybe well, yeah, but different. I could see that how this is how it um, appeals to two different audiences. So like like yeah. Counter Strike is it's very realistic, military based. Um, yeah, and. You know, a first-person shooter. You, you with this. While well, this one is also a shooter, you like. I haven't this, seen this, an actual. <laughs> like, this I haven't is a lot more room for having fun within it and just having yeah. like crazy shenanigans. Uh, how how I compared it within my first few weeks of playing it was uh, whenever I played CS:GO. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, talking about maneuvering and other stuff. Whereas in Valorant, you still have that, but then you have the moments where the entire enemy team and you would be dancing in mid just because you can. Mm. <laughs> Which was honestly <laughs> just amazing. And then I had another moment where I got, uh, because in Valorant, there's a, a, a character, an agent. That's the name, uh, called Raze. And her ultimate, which is the same, similar to Lee Legends Ultimates, is you get a rocket. No way, oh. no way in CSGO where you just see someone going to a, the, the middle of an area and go, Oh yeah, I have a rocket now that can kill the entire enemy team. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah I got you. It's so much more cartoony. Yeah. Well, when uh, so are they putting League of Legends characters into Valorant? No. So what they're doing in Valorant is uh, they're having characters that would you know you would maybe find into the same type of universe mm-hmm. as League of Legends, and in, in it, so you don't see like Echo, but Phoenix could be called an Echo replica. Because he still oh, okay, have okay. similar abilities, and his ultimate is pretty much almost similar to uh, Echo's. Where if he if he gets close to death or if he does die, you can almost immediately reset if you do it correctly. So that's okay. Yeah, that is actually no. This is this game looks fantastic, and I think. Yeah. Well, when it comes out, when it comes out, when do you know when it officially releases? Uh, I I did not know myself. I don't think there's a actual date, but I do know they were saying that they wanted 
to get out the competitive, which has already been out now for a few. So let me actually see if there's now a release date myself. But, uh, I think, yeah, I know, so I know it was April 7th that they launched the closed beta. So it's only been about, yeah, it, it's, it's been close to a month now, but I don't know the exact day of, like, when is it, you know, going to fully come out. Okay. Man, yeah, actually, uh, this is one that I actually can't wait to play, and uh, the thing is, I'm, I, I fear that it's only going to be on PC. And like I know that's that's probably not. I'm sure. Yeah, I know you're a PC gamer. You play League of Legends. Yeah. I'm not really a PC player though. Like, and that's probably why I'm not super into League. Um, but like, if this game came out on like the Xbox or on PlayStation or something like that, I'd be all over it. Oh wait, I just found something. Actually, let me check real quick. Vitamin Day is Vitamin coming to PS4 and Xbox One? Let's see what this says. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. The Valorant closed beta is now live, and gamers on other platforms, including that. Oh wait, okay, uh, expecting. Let me just see real quick. Okay, so the uh, from what it looks like, uh, the wanting to get uh it fully playable, so out of closed beta. Within the summer of uh, 2020. Nice. So it should be released around July and September in between there. Okay. That I mean, that's not too far away. I mean, we're already in May. That's like a little over a month. And as for your question of if it's coming for PS4 and Xbox One, it looks like it isn't. Mainly because, you know, Wire Games is something that's mainly PC-related. Yeah, yeah. Still, I don't know. See, I think Counter-Strike Go is on the Switch. I just thought it would be cool to see this on the Switch, too, especially if they're competing like that. Well, I know I tried CSGO um, when it was on Xbox 360, but it did not feel like how CSGO should have been. Okay. When when I did try it, so uh, to make that sort of switch, they would have to hire people who actually know how to update it from the PC version to an Xbox version, without you know making simple changes. Because that's what uh, CS:GO try to do. They just try to make the simple changes of um, where your grenades could be. But because of how different a keyboard is to a game controller, I think that one was, like, removed from the gaming market within, like, two months of it being released. Just put it on the left trigger, you know, or on the left bumper. You know, that's what what people Mm. do. (laughs) Yeah, but when you have, like, four different grenades, then how do you, you know? uh... Uh, Double tap? (laughs) I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but uh, 
No, that, yeah. that no, that, that makes sense. You have to you when you uh, bring a game between systems like that, you want to make sure that it's the same experience across all systems, or at least a very yeah. similar one, right? And uh, yeah. especially now when people are asking for things like cross-platform play, um, yep. you can totally give one. You can give an Xbox an advantage over a, a PlayStation and not even realize it, just to try to you know work within the parameters of the system. But well, that's actually. Um, Oh what? Um, honestly, I I will say this. I I I did play Fortnite for a little bit, and it was awesome when Cross Platform came out, and mm-hmm. it was like the difference between them is so big because with it's a computer, huge. depending on like what type of like platform you're running, you're yeah gonna almost always be faster than the xbox player because xbox tends to have like a controlled frame limit for you yeah and not just uh man not only that but uh what is the um pubg pubg yeah mobile and that's the example i was thinking of pubg was released on mobile but when people got into the servers on their phones, they were still playing against people on the PC and on the and on the systems. Yeah. And you're like, how how am I supposed to play this game and compete when everybody else has a better? It's it's just a better way to play. I mean, you you yeah. Is is better to have a controller? Okay, so it's like control over phones, but keyboard over controllers. Yeah, uh, and I think that's why nowadays you also see uh like you when it comes like for instance um smite which is a uh game similar to league of legends it has a version on xbox as well as pc and um there's two different leagues one for the pc players one for the xbox players yeah and that makes the most sense that really does make the most sense like you know, put people in the competition they're supposed to be in. Um, yeah. Because, like you said, your your computer. Everybody, if anybody is a PC gamer, you know they are they are faster gamers than anybody who's on a controller. Yeah. But this is, I I'm actually watching this gameplay, and I I don't know. I might have to. I don't know if it'll lower my experience or whatever, or if they'll even allow it. They probably won't even allow it because they don't do it for uh, League of Legends, right? And that's uh, let you buy a controller and connect it to your PC. Like, you can't buy an Xbox controller and play League of Legends with an Xbox controller. Yeah, I I don't believe so. But this one, like, I don't know. This one might make me, just watching this gameplay and talking to you about it, I might have to start stretching out my fingers so I can play on the keyboard. I, I I will say this. It's definitely a different feeling of just like from the mouse because um I I've I've played on consoles and I've I that's where I came from from MW3. When I switch over from a controller to a mouse on to CSGO, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Because yeah. because I couldn't get used to the fact of just the speed, and so whenever I was playing, I'd always get peeked at and just instantly die. But now, like whenever I'm playing, you know, Fortnite for instance, and I'm against someone from controller, 
I'm doing the exact same thing to them that I used to get done to because <laughs> I have had that experience now. Man, you know, I, I'm going to have to hit you up later to see if I can uh, fire up Fortnite on the Switch so you can just uh, take advantage of that situation. <laughs> like, this is a, no, you know, I'm thinking, I, this is actually, I haven't actually gamed in a little while. Like, I just bought yeah. the um, Switch last week and i started playing um super smash brothers and i started playing uh pokemon let's go eevee and yeah. uh like so like i'm pretty i feel like i'm just i'm dipping a toe back into it um smash brothers as somebody for somebody like me smash brothers is actually kind of scary <laughs> even though even though i played it i like i've, I've been playing i play smash brothers i think i played the first installment of smash brothers and this is my and then the next installment that I owned was the one on the Switch. It was the one on the Wii. And now, yeah, Switch. This yeah. is now the third. This is only the third Smash Brothers game that I've actually ever played. So it's a bit of a learning curve. But um, my Pokemon I've been playing since the beginning. I don't know if people count those as games or yeah. I don't think those. Games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's pretty much been my experience recently. <laughs> and I don't think I have anything else actually to mention, though. Uh, yeah, no. But, uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, though. Um, yeah. If you want to come back and talk about anything, you can always hit me up and we'll set it up. Like, this yeah, is... Th you know, this is awesome, actually, to, to be honest. This was everything I was hoping and more. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you had a good time. I was like, uh, I don't know what this because uh, we didn't meet until yesterday. We didn't meet on online until yesterday. So I was yeah, like, no. I don't know. This guy doesn't know me. He may not be a. He may not be a fan. He may not like something to say. But this is a. Uh, but this has been really fun. Yeah, no. I'm honestly from all my years of playing uh, MW3. Don't worry, I'm used to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I I am used to like I I I would say this MW3 opened me up to a whole new dictionary of words. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. They have some of the worst potty mouths on the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, somebody is, hang on, hang, I don't know who this is. I'm sorry, but this is, this game is, I'm watching this gameplay, and it is so cool. Like, I saw somebody blast an orb from their hands, and then somebody else was just making a katana float in midair. Oh, like, uh, so, so, so there's a character called Jet, who you probably saw, which has, um, her ultimate is she can use knives, and every kill mm -hmm. resets the amount of knives she has. Um, there's, uh, I don't know what, what type hang of, on, hang of on, what? huh? It was, a. Uh, you said, hang on, she, she, so she, her specialty is knives. And so to make sure you don't run out of knives, like every time she, uh, kills so, somebody, her. So if you get a kill using her ultimate, her ultimate gets a reset. Oh. And you can link it into getting an ace quite easily. Also, what color was the orb? Was it blue or was it like purple? Uh, it was bluish green, and I think it's okay, the one. Okay, so that's Sage. Yeah, he's uh, he throws the orb healer. and thinks like she she she's a healer. Okay, so does her do? I see that she blasts the orb. Her, like she shoots. 
herb is a uh, slow. Her herb is a slow. Is a slow? So anyone within that orb will get slowed in the movement. Oh. Um, okay. Omen, which has another type of smoke, his is like more of a purple color, and it pretty much makes it so that you can't see through it. But when you're in it, yeah. the bubble is completely hollow. So people tend to try to hide in them and wait for other people to try to like move through just to kill them. <laughs> Genius. Um, and uh, there's any other thing I saw. Somebody was um. So there's somebody who's building walls. And you can that's, blast through the that's wall. Sage there. as well. Sage can make a wall to block through. Uh, blo- block routes. Um, that's yeah. Though this is a pretty crazy game. Like, in, yeah. like I see the firewall. Like, there's just so much happening here. <laughs> yeah. If I have the time, actually, I, I would, I would be glad to like uh, stream it to you on the Discord. <laughs> Yeah, um, most definitely. Yeah. But um maybe we'll do that after this. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go find some food <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I'll be down. Um yeah. I should be down. I have something to do at like a couple of hours, but yeah, I should be all right. Um okay. but yeah, thanks for coming on. And yep. uh Wookie, it's been a pleasure. This has been an absolute pleasure, and yep. you're always welcome to come back. Uh Christian, can I end it off? Sorry? Can I end it off? Sure. (laughs) Have a good one. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) And...